Hey, this is Cody Kearsley from Daybreak and Riverdale, and you're listening to Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Cody, welcome to the cave. Hey, what's up, man? How are you, man? What's new with you? I'm good. I'm in Vancouver right now. How you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, so let's get this thing going, man. You've been busy the last few years. Huh? The listeners know you from Riverdale as Moose, and then you have a new show on Netflix, Daybreak, and you play Turbo. You've been busy, man. Yeah. I've been trying to. Yeah, I've been trying to keep busy. It's been so, good. It's been a good couple years. What's that? It's been a good couple years. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... I want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? I'm from um, a place called Oliver in British Columbia, in Canada. It's like a really tiny town out in the Okanagan Valley. Yeah. <laughs> so how was it growing up there? How was it? How was it, gr- um, how was it growing up there, yeah. It was cool. There's like 3,000 people. Like Everybody knows everybody, right? Um, so I couldn't wait to get out. I was going to move to the city, so when I turned 18, I actually moved to L.A. Uh, I just needed to... I know I was the only one to do some sort of artistic performing. Uh, you know, have something I've done so I knew I needed to get out, so I moved to L.A. right away. Yeah. So you did you know right away you wanted to get into the acting world? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done performance since I was three. Like, I took some dance classes. I would do, like, summer theater camps. I did plays in school, um, so I always knew I wanted to be some sort of performer. Hmm. Did you, um, now was there like a specific movie or TV show that pushed you towards this when you were growing up watching? No, you know what? We didn't really, we didn't, I didn't have TV growing up. Um, I had, like, I watched movies sometimes, but I never really, like, when I went to after school, um, all the, all the kids had, you know, their favorite actors, their favorite movies. Uh, I spent most of my nights after school just, Staying up all night and watching four or five movies in a night, trying to trying to you know get as much content as I could possibly get because I didn't really know much about movies or TV before I went to acting school. All I, my only experience of it was doing plays, being on stage. Yeah. So, what inspired you to get into the field? Was there like a was, did you see like did you watch a certain play or something, or you just like you knew this is what you wanted to go do? I mean, when I was. When I was uh, three years old, I was watching my cousins at this dance recital, and I just kept trying to get up on stage. I walked up to and trying to like, pull me off, and I, <laughs> I was trying to escape to get up there. So the next year, she put me in some classes, and then just as soon as I was on stage, I felt I just felt uh, relaxed more, went home, right? Yeah. Because actually, I'm so that I had a lot of facial tics, but whenever I'm on stage, whenever I'm acting, uh, I never did it. This is where I felt the most comfortable, right? Wow. Wow. So what was the next step? So you were uh, 18, you moved to L.A. Did you take uh, acting classes in L.A. when you got there? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to a, uh, a theater school called, um, a theater conservatory called Theater of Arts in Hollywood. And, yeah, so it was three years. And, you know, it was a lot of classical theater based. So it was a lot of Shakespeare, uh, Chekhov, and Moyer. And I just fell in love with the craft during that, during that time. And then I worked, I worked with a, a Shakespeare theater company called Arc Theater Company. Uh, during my time at school as well. And then just, you know, did some plays here and there around LA afterwards. Yeah. So what, uh, while you were going to school and everything, were you uh, auditioning for uh, 
TV and movies? No, I mean, one, one of the things not really supposed to do uh, when you're in school, I mean, people do anyways, but I was so focused on just like learning as much as possible. I was just, you know, I was fully immersed in, in school. And also afterwards, I didn't have a proper, I didn't have my one visa. I just had a student visa. So I, you know, I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't get, no one, no one would even look at me. So I wasn't really ever auditioning yeah. when I was in LA. Oh, wow. Did you, uh, so how old were you when you started auditioning? Um, I didn't start auditioning until I was, um, let's see, I was 18, I graduated through school when I was 21, uh, I, went, I got moved back to Vancouver when I was 23, and I got my agent at 24, so I started auditioning when I was at 20, when I was 24. Wow. Do you remember your first audition that you went out for? Oh, uh, yeah. My first TV audition was, um, as a zombie. Yeah, yeah, zombie. Okay, on CW, yeah. I remember that. On CW. Yeah. Uh, that booked me rolling that like four years later, so it was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of uh, interesting how like you you went out for that, and now uh, you have a recurring role on CW's Riverdale, which it's a fantastic show. What do you think so far about it? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, that was my first uh, major role that I booked, like a recurring, a recurring character that had his own arc. Yeah. Right? So it was... Um, you know, it was the biggest learning experience for me. I got to go, go on there and just learn how. Cause it, also in school, like, you don't, I don't know what teaches you how to, you know, one, really behave on set or, like, what the things are. I didn't even know how to read a call sheet, you know? Yeah. So when I showed up there, I was, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. There's so many people <laughs> running around, so many different jobs. I'm like, what is, what is this? So Riverdale just gave me the opportunity to really dive in and figure out how the industry works and, how the set life works. Yeah. Did you, uh, yeah, did you ever read the Archie comics? I did. Yeah. My cousins had all of them. So I used to read them when I went over to their place. Yeah. So when you went for your audition for Moose, tell us about that. When you went in there for the yeah. first time. Um, it was cool. I actually went, I went, I think I went out for Archie first. I think everyone kind of read the Archie side. Yeah. Um, and then I got a call back. I'm pretty sure I read for Reggie. And then I didn't hear anything for, you know, a few weeks. And then I got a random call and was like, hey, you booked Moose. And they're like, cool. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. How would you, uh, for the people that haven't seen the show, like, how would you describe Moose? Moose is just, you know, a regular high school uh, kid who's, you know, still trying to figure himself out, still trying to look confused. He's a little confused of who he is. Um, trying to, you know, he has still coming to terms with sexuality and it starts off where he's, you know, in a little bit in denial and also hiding it. Yeah. Uh, he's a little shy of who he is, but I think most kids can relate to. They're always, you know, they're always pretty protective over their, their true selves. They don't, don't want to get roasted. Or they don't want to stand out. Um, and throughout the season, he just, you know, he's really caring and he eventually, he comes out and he, he that's his journey. He comes out to his father. He, he becomes open in school and it's, it's a, it's a pretty big journey for him. Yeah. Did you do a, would you be friends with Moose if he was a real person? Yeah, probably. I mean, I was friend. I was. I played uh, basketball and soccer and stuff through school. So, I, I, you know, I was friends with. I was friends with the Jacks. I was, yeah. yeah, I was. I was kind of friends with everyone in school. I kind of bounced around a lot. So yeah. I would be. I would be friends with Matt. Moose. He's a good guy. So I. Uh, um. My next question was, uh, how would you like? Uh, are you going to actually? Are we going to see Moose again this season? I know we just recently saw him. The- yeah. Um. Potentially, I can't say anything. Yeah. But potentially, we'll see him again. <laughs> So, uh, do you like like doing that, coming in and out of the show a few times while you're working on other projects? I do, yeah, because I'm kind of on hiatus right now. Um, we're still waiting to see uh, Daybreak gets picked up for season two. 
So I'm I'm in Vancouver just, you know, I'm working on a play and working on a short film. Um, so I don't really have too much going on. It's nice to kind of jump in there and just be on set, keep yeah. you know, keep the the creative flow so alive. On, so on Riverdale, do you do you have like a favorite scene or episode that you're in? I actually really love the scene that I get shot in the car when I'm with Mitch. Oh yeah, really? Me and Mitch are like making out. Yeah, yeah. me and Mitch are making out, and then the Black Hood comes. And that, that was in the woods, right? The I'm trying to remember now too. In the woods, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, I love the the music they put behind that when they cut the scene. It was it was really dope because yeah. that was like the first, like it was a like I got shot and then it pops up like Riverdale. It was kind of cool. <laughs> do uh, so out of all the cast members, like who's like? Do you have a favorite scene with a certain cast member, and do you have a certain cast member that you like working with? Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Chris Scott. We we work really well together, and you know we're we're boys outside. So I, I really really like him, and he's great to work with. He's a great actor. Mm. All of our scenes are, are fun. Yeah. If you could change something about your character, what would it be? Change something? Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be on the bench so much during football season. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first season, like, we had so many football scenes, and Moose was just always on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a little bit better as far as I go. Did you, uh, did you ever play football? Because I know on daybreak, uh, you're a jock, and you're a football player also, yeah. right? No, I mean, we... Like like I said, my school was put down three thousand people, so we didn't really have much at our school as far as equipment or resources. So we didn't have a football team. Oh, wow. But we played like we had, you know, we would play at lunchtime, like yeah, know, just as friends get together and just go like tackle each other and throw the ball around. <laughs> but I never, I didn't really know, I didn't know anything about football. I didn't really know the rules or anything. Yeah. So, so for, for daybreak, like this is this is embarrassing. Uh, I'm sure I'm gonna get roasted for this, but when I booked daybreak, I had to learn. A lot about football. I was a quarterback, so I like I didn't even know there was separate teams for the offense, defensive line. Oh, wow. like, that's how literate <laughs> I was about football. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk about Netflix Day Break. How did you get involved with that project? <laughs> oh man, that was just you know I got a manager in, in the states after after Riverdale, so I started getting a little bit more um, U.S. Uh, or L.A. based jobs, and um, I just got the audition and I fell in love with it, and luckily I booked it. Yeah. Now, yeah. for, for the listeners that haven't really seen the show yet, uh, without spoiling, can you tell them a little bit what's it about? Yeah, so essentially, um, uh, something has happened where we're now living in this barren post-apocalyptic world in, in Glendale, California, where there's, you know, there's a bunch of dangers, including zombies, uh, mutated creatures, and all the, all the adults are, are dead. Or turn into zombies. Sorry, my I was wrong. Um, yeah. So, sorry, did you hear that? Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, my my alarm my alarm kept going off. One second. Um, yeah. So essentially, all the kids in school have formed these uh, tribes based off of their their social standing. So the leaders have their tribe, the jocks have their tribe, the nerds have their tribe, and we're all just trying to you know fight each other and survive and not get eaten by zombies. Yeah. And also, and also at the same time, there's like a little like comedy to this, also, right? Yeah, it's, it's for sure a dark comedy. Yeah, it's it's very funny. So you play Turbo. How would you uh, how would you describe Turbo? Man, so Turbo is he was a, he was a star uh, quarterback. He was the the football captain. He was like the star of the school. He was like big man on campus. And well, after uh, the, the apocalypse happened. You know, he got all 
messed up. His face is burned. He can't speak. Um, he basically turns to this monster. But he also feels like he's in charge. He, he needs to be in charge. He needs to protect the kids and rule this tribe so that everyone survives, essentially. So he's just become this animalistic, ruthless leader who deep down is just, you know, missing his parents like every other kid in this yeah. in the show. Uh, but is just doing his best to try to protect everyone and survive. Do you do you like the way your character is portrayed on this? How you go from like you know just a a quarterback, you know, jock, to all of a sudden you're like you're not really a monster, but you're like the way you described him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think Turbo sometimes views himself as a monster. There's a scene where he's looking in the mirror and it kind of you know kind of hits him pretty hard. Yeah. But uh, I. Uh, what was the question? Do you like playing him? Yeah, yeah like do you, <laughs> do you like, like how he's portrayed? Do you like yeah? Do you like the way he's portrayed and the way he like, changes throughout the season? Yeah, I love I I love the the way it's, it starts off like because I was actually creating a uh, football strategy guide before the apocalypse and then the after the bombs dropped in my in my notebook I switched it over to like a, a militant strategy guide you know like where yeah. to find the resources what are the best formations to attack ghoulies. Um, so the, the natural progression from being a quarterback to being a military leader is actually incredibly intelligent. Um, the writers, that, that was so smart to me. Um, so they portrayed him really well. And, you know, uh, when, it, when all this stuff is revealed in episodes five and six, like, there's a lot of empathy for him. you got to understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And, yeah, it, yeah, it's really great. So how did, you pre- how did you prepare for this role and what kind of research did you do? So I, I started off with just learning about football. And in learning about football, it really taught me a lot about also, you know, how we would survive, how I would organize my tribe, what, what yeah. roles there would be, what jobs there would be, how we put people in different things for their different strengths, different weaknesses. So it started off as me learning how to build an army of children. And then I got inspiration. Like I was researching, you know, Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan, Caligula, all these kind of tyrant, tyrannical leaders. Um, for better or for worse, all the different things that they might have done. Um, and because I had a mask on, I did a lot of animal work. It's kind of a, it's it's one tool that you kind of learn in acting class sometimes. Is you just embody an animal, you become the animal. A lot of yeah. humans have animal characteristics. So I took on um, a griffin, so the body of a lion, the head of an eagle. The quarterback's always surveying the land, so he's always like his head's very still. He's always watching everything. His body's very lion, lion-like, right? He's aggressive all the time. So I sat in, just feeling like a griffin, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just did a bunch of things like that, trying to figure out where he sat. What uh, has there been any challenges playing the role? Um, I mean. The one big one is there's a lot of grunting, a lot of shouting, so sometimes I'm going to be a, a bit sore at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, the, I mean, the prosthetics took about three hours to put on every day and wow. one hour to take off. So wow. that, was, that, was a, that was pretty grueling. Yeah. Do you, uh, how was it filming this series? Amazing. It was the time of my life. It was incredible. Yeah. So, uh, like everything about it, yeah. Yeah. So, how would you, what's the difference, what's the difference would you say playing? Turbo and then playing Moose because they're kind of well, similar in a way. You know, they're both football players. That's why I want to get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, the last season Moose moves away to Glendale, and very he very easily could have. And Glendale's where Daybreak set. Moose very easily became Turbo when he was in Glendale. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, they both they both have like they both have similar sexualities. They're both football players. They're both you know part of the jocks. Yeah. Um, but very different. Like I mean, Moose is just a smaller character than, than Turbo. You just learn a little bit more about Turbo's backstory. Hmm. And we're just in a different world. We might have been similar people pre-apocalypse, but in the post-apocalypse, we're, we're just different people now. It's a different world. You yeah. know, people are dying. It's a normal thing. We're fighting to survive. Hmm. Yeah. What's the What's the biggest difference between filming Riverdale and Daybreak? You would say, um, like a uh, difference-wise, like on the set. Um. Well, we were in Albuquerque for for Daybreak. Um which was cold as hell. It was so cold. Uh, we shot all the winter. I guess no winter was cold. Yeah. Uh, what is the biggest difference? I think, honestly, the scale. The scale of Daybreak, I hadn't seen something that big. Because Riverdale were usually on the lot. We usually had the studio lot. Yeah. And all of our sets are kind of built. Um, Daybreak, we were on location a lot. We were shooting the malls. We were shooting around the city. Like, when my truck was driving around the city. So we did a lot of location work. And just the scale of the, the amount of, like, drones and crane shots they had and the amount of extras and moving parts that we would have 50 zombies and 50 jocks on motorbikes dune buggies you know and then just the scale of it was there's a lot going on at daybreak it's great so on daybreak are you doing your own stunts um i tried as much as possible to do them they all, all often didn't let me like yeah but i tried to like i was right on the side of the dune buggy i did most of the fight scene at the end with with burr but like things like there's a scene where like he hits me, like he hits my head, he knocks me out, and I basically fall flat on my back. That wasn't me. Oh wow! Do you have is that yeah. your would you say would you say that's your favorite moment on the show, or do you have like another favorite scene that you were in? Um, I really like the scene where I'm I'm using that kid for therapy, where I'm pretending he's my dad and like making him read motivational quotes off the off the posters. Yeah. Um, that scene came together really well. They edited it really well. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny. No, I, it, I, I like any any time I was on top of the on top of the throne car. Any time I had my army and the motorbikes around me. Yeah, that was, that was always fun. <clears throat> so, often, so uh, getting away from daybreak now. Uh, so, what do you enjoy more when you're auditioning? Do you enjoy more doing the self tape, or do you like going in front of people? changes i used to always prefer in front of people now i prefer self-tape but it, it goes back and forth yeah because it's like it's like theater like there's nothing like that immediate gratification where like you can feel the energy of people in the room like it's, it's in real time that energy you can't get on film but when you're doing film you know you, you can redo it and you can play around with it a little bit theater, theater is live and live auditions live you get one shot but you know that's it yeah self-tape you can kind of play around with it What's the what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in a live audition? In a live audition, the craziest thing that's happened to me. Yeah. Um, I don't think craziest or funniest I, moment. I fell, I fell like on my my first thing I ever booked actually was Power Rangers. It was like one line, um, and I think they cut out most. It was, I had like three lines. They cut out all of them except for one. But in that audition, I basically in the scene like he runs away because the cops are coming, and yeah. I ran and I like fell flat on my ass. I slipped oh. on the rug. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. We yeah. did some weird shit. Like I did an audition for I can't remember what it was for. Dirk Gently, I think, and I had a, it was a character with like a sword, and I brought in a Swiffer a Swiffer pole, and they looked at me like I was complete, like a complete idiot. They're like, "What are you doing? Wow. Just mine it." <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So in the, you know, so you've been in the acting world for a few years now. Do you have any uh, like people that you look up to, any influences that you just you want to watch their stuff over and just try to model after them? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Hardy, Michael Fassbender, Daniel Lewis, all these people, right? Um, but it just in my in the own in in my in Vancouver, just every time I do a play, I'm always working with great actors, just getting inspired by the people that really care about the work around you. That are really invested in stories and trying to, to grow. That's always what inspires me the most. Yeah. The actors that are like still trying to, like the, for lack of a better term, struggling artists. The, the actors that are still like so passionate and doing this. This is their life, you know. Mm. Now, do you have um, you own a, a theater company, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes, it's called Vagrant Players Theater Society. Um, opened it in 2017. I actually incorporated it on my birthday, March 10th, 2017. And yeah, we're just about to do our fifth play in January. It's going to be a world premiere of the Canadian play by Bill Marchant. And that's kind of, I just, every time I'm not filming, every time I'm not uh, working on something, I kind of come back and produce a play or direct a play and just, you know, reset my creative energy. So I always get, I always get rejuvenated by being on stage. Yeah. What do you find? Is it like a big, like a, like a high for you? Like, do you enjoy theater more than TV or like, what do you enjoy more? I think there's there's good and bad things about both of them. Like on stage, you get to live out the whole character at once. You get to live out the whole story, right? Yeah. And in film, you're shooting out of order. You're shooting, you know, you don't really get to follow that arc as much yeah. and your own character prep. So, but film is, there's something incredibly intimate about film. You can be just like, you forget about everything in the room except the person you're in front of. Hmm. Audience, theater, you're always playing the audience. It's good and bad things. Um, I, I, I don't know. I like both. I can't really say yeah. which one I like better. Yeah. Do, uh, what do you think has been the hardest role that you ever had to play? The hardest role? Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say Turbo is a, a, the hardest, a hard role, but there was definitely probably the most preparation involved, which I, I like. I guess, I guess it would be Turbo, but I like that. I like the, the more research I have to do, yeah. uh, the better. Hmm. So, do you have a... Is there a... Someday, do you have like a dream role you want to play? Yeah, I don't know what they are yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something that's completely different than me. Cause, yeah. You know, I, I want to explore like anything that's nothing to do with me, different circumstances, different mindsets, different culture. Um, yeah. Anything that the farthest, the, the farthest person away from me, that's my, that's my dream role. Yeah. <laughs> so on your, uh, on your downtime, uh, when you're not working, what do you enjoy doing? I mean, I'm in Vancouver, so there's, you know, there's so many great outdoor stuff to do. You know, there's so many great hikes and there's rock climbing and, you know, I go to the gym, do yoga and just hang out with people. Yeah. Yeah. Creative and active. Where do you see yourself the 10, 20 years from now? And where do you see yourself in 2020? What's coming up for you? 2020? Well, I'm, uh, I'll be opening or producing my first uh, feature film. I opened a production company this year, so I'll be producing a film, producing a couple of plays. Uh, I hope, I really hope Daybreak season two gets renewed. That'd be amazing. I would love to be back on there. Yeah. And just keep moving forward, um, making a name for myself in film and theater. I'd like to do, I'd like to do a, I just recently did my first lead in a feature. It is Bruce Willis film, the sci-fi film in Georgia, but it's, I'd like to get more into, into film. I'd love to do a really great, like raw R-rated independent film. Yeah. Tell us about the film with Bruce Willis. 
Yeah, that was cool. It was like it was basically me and me and and uh, the and my wife and our unborn child. We get into the spaceship and we're going to Earth 2.0 because Earth has been infected by this plague, and we get attacked by aliens. So we defend the ship, and then Bruce Willis is there and he jumps in and helps us defend the ship. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, so what's next for you? Yeah. So, like, now you're on hiatus. Um, you said you're on hiatus now. Yeah, I'm just wait. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see if uh, Derek gets picked up. I think that's about it. Yeah. So, uh, lastly, how can the listeners uh, find you on social media? What are you active on? Uh, my Instagram is at Cody Kearsley. My Twitter is, I believe, at Kearsley Cody, and that's about all I use. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we end this? Uh, I can't think of anything right now. All right, right, Cody. uh, This was fun. Thank you uh, for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.